Ladies and gentlemen, the best part of that video is that right there. Rise up. Jesus has risen. And thank you all for being here today on this new episode. It is hard not to cry while watching that, isn't it? It is hard not to cry. And I know that that grabbed your attention this morning as it was meant to. Because the reason why Jesus is Lord and Jesus is our Savior and Jesus is our Messiah is because of what you just saw in that opening video. What, what a gift. What a gift. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty powerful movie Mel Gibson gave us. And we're going to get another one called The Resurrection. Cannot wait. Pretty powerful message. And again, ladies and gentlemen, something that we talked about yesterday on the show that I think is a new hashtag for Rise Up is gospel, not gossip, right? So from now on, start uh, hashtagging gospel, not gossip. I cry every time I see the video. Wow, that just brought brought tears at my heart every time. It sure does. It sure does. Usually my family watches that movie every Easter. And my children first saw that movie in 2016. So they were 9, 8, and 7. My uh, my youngest daughter wasn't born yet. But they were 9, 8, and 7 the first time they saw that very graphic depiction of what Jesus did for all of us. And you must understand something, folks. When you're watching that movie, you really want to grasp what Jesus did for us, then please watch The Passion of the Christ if you've not. But how graphic that how graphic the torture of Jesus was displayed in that movie, if you read scripture and you read anything about those days, that's about how bad it was. And each of those lacerations, each of those pools of blood, uh, all of the the bruises, everything, all of it all of it represents what we deserve. Every one of those lacerations, every one of those whipping marks, every one of those bruises, the black eyes, the pools of blood, believe it or not, as good as you think you are, that's what you actually deserve. That is how wicked and weak and evil the flesh is because of sin. And you have to understand that even if you think that you are better than deserving that, your perception of what is good and God's perception and his standard of what is good, two different things. P-G-P, Ganem. I don't know how some of these people pronounce their their, their stuff. Uh, But P-Ganem says... I'm bawling, just watch that. I can't watch that movie. It is hard. It is hard. But it's necessary, I think. I believe it's necessary. So, anyway, before we get to our morning prayer, to bless this podcast, to bless this network, and to bless each and every one of you, let's go to the Rumble Chat here on LFA TV this morning. 
as we welcome Lacey. How you doing? God bless you, Lacey. Sorry for the no warning. I know your your five year old is watching. You said, um, and I and I apologize for that. But good for them to eat, to know and to see at an early age what Jesus went through, even if it is that that graphic and rough and rough. Maybe they're not ready for that yet. Five years old, that's pretty early. Uh, but I, I apologize. Uh, CQ707, that movie made me cry till this day. Kelly, I deserve hell, but thank God he saved me. Miranda Dolan, Victoria, New York Girl 66. Dear Lord Jesus, we lift Tina Marie up to you. Holy Spirit, thank you very much for praying for each other, you guys. Thank you very much for praying for each other. Kong is in the building. Bad Moon Rising is here. Brown Sugar is in the building. Kelly, 1988. How you doing? M.D. Norton, thank you so very much. How are you? Crit, uh, Crit B54, how are you? Good to see you. Majorva, 27, in the building. Amanda Collins, as always, in the building. Troy, Laredo, Texas, how you doing? Good to see you. Shelly Rose, Pearl Six. Good to see you all again. Yes, I had to veer away from watching that cold open video because I started to cry too, as you can tell. It's a very rough... uh, You know what's funny about that? And not funny, I I guess you know what's strange about that is all of us have seen movies before. Like, I don't watch horror movies or torture movies, you know, like The Last House on the Left or The Tourist or The Saw or any of those. Um, But I've seen, you know, parts of them. And I can't watch that stuff. Even before I was a Christian, I couldn't watch that stuff, right? But people watch that stuff, and it doesn't bother them at all. People being tortured, people being killed, murdered in those disgusting horror movies and stuff that aren't even horror movies anymore. They're just torture movies now. Um, And nobody bats an eye. But when you watch it happen to Jesus, you watch him be tortured like that, it crushes you. And I think the biggest difference is because All of that other stuff is made up garbage from Satan. And what happened to Jesus, it was him saving you. He did that for you. He did that for you and you weren't even there yet. So I think that's the the difference. It hits at home because you know that that was a real event that happened and he didn't deserve it. You all did. And he didn't. The one person who didn't deserve it took the punishment. That's why it's so important, folks. That's why it's so incredibly important. Uh, If you're wearing a hat... Uh, Please remove your hat right now. Please uh, close your eyes and let's go for prayer. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for this, this time and this day and this digital ability to be able to fellowship together, come together in one big LFA congregation and give our worship to you, Lord. Send our praise to you, Lord. Send our thankfulness to you and our appreciation to you because you give us mercy, because you give us grace and give us mercy when we don't deserve it. You bless us. You've saved us when we don't deserve it. You, like that song said, you did give up everything for all of us when no king would ever give up his crown and no Lord would ever give up his land. You gave up your son. How precious. How precious, and it's easy to get lost in Christians always talking about what Jesus did, but to actually think about what your son did for us, to actually think about what you did for us, becoming a man, becoming flesh, so that you could be all man and you could be all God at the same time. 
You give us that ability to do that right now. You give us all power and dominion over the devil. And you do that through the sacrifice of your son. And for that, we thank you. Lord, your light is infinitely brighter than the sun. It is unapproachable. And yet, your light is the very thing that saves us. For that, we thank you. We give you honor and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, the title of today's show is God's Light is Brighter Than the Sun. God's light is infinitely brighter than the sun. As a matter of fact, today we are going to talk about unapproachable light. Does anybody know what unapproachable light is? Does anybody have any idea what unapproachable light is? That's going to be the topic of today's show as we go through our morning devotion. However, I do have two letters here to read to you. So before we get to these letters, I, uh, I, I hope and pray that all of you have been able to, at this point at least, uh, try the Rise Up Coffee. If you have, please let us know in the comment thread what you like about the Rise Up Coffee and which one is your favorite. American Pecan, American pecan is mine because I love the way it makes the house smell. Southern pecan smell all through the house. And of course, the dark, rich, beautiful aroma of the Sumatra Gold. Uh, let me know which one you've ordered and let me know which one uh, is your favorite. Uh, let's have our first slurp and let's get to our letters here as we approach quarter past the hour. We have a 1,000 people watching 15 minutes past the hour, ladies and gentlemen. That is God bringing eyes and ears to his message. I'll ask that you please continue to share, continue to rumble. Let's get into the morning uh, letters. Now, these letters were wrote, uh, on the, we got, I got them on the 4th of January, and um, they were asked, I was asked to read these on uh, Rise Up, uh, so I'm going to do that now. Dear Jeremy, Sabrina, and Eli, before I say anything, I want to say this. All praise, honor, and glory be to God. And I will always believe the report of the Lord. Jeremy, I have followed you since way back in the day, and I just wanted to say thank you for all you have done for all of us. You're very welcome. And thank you, Bobby Mannion, for the morning $20 donation. Also, to let you know that I am so very proud of you, and what you've done with LFA TV and all the sacrifices you and your family have faced and made for this family. It's very much appreciated. And it's not only a blessing for you, but to all of us as well. I must add, there's no better way to start your day than with prayer. And then, of course, by watching Rise Up. I'm so thankful the Lord convicted your heart and then made the way for you to add this to the lineup. It's like going to church every day of the week. All honor to God. A few weeks ago, I sent you an email letting you and the family know that I was finally home from the hospital after my surgery. Well, I've had a few setbacks, but I'm back home again. The devil can't keep me down with a smiley face. But just like the first go-around from the time they knocked me down, which is the only time I missed, until the time I came to, I had my daughter turned on LFA TV on my phone and laid it by my head so I could listen to each show, even if I was unable to watch or chat as usual. 
Also, I was unable to remind everybody to rumble and share that God is still in control. And if I can't do it being laid up, everybody else, and if I can do it being laid up, then everybody else can too. But in all seriousness, I've truly missed chatting with all of my LFA family. And I am more than grateful and my heart is plumb full for all my LFA family that has kept me covered in prayer. I feel them all. So please, if you would, let them know that I love, miss, and appreciate them more than they will ever know. Talking about you, everyone. Another reason I'm writing this letter is that I would like to become a monthly donor. I want to do more other than rumble and share. I'm not able to get out physically and haven't for a bit. Hopefully that will change after I heal up. But God, like I said, the start from the start, I will believe the report of the Lord. Back to becoming a monthly donor. I know, uh, know that I am able to do right now isn't much, but I'm trying to s- survive on a three-digit a month income. No worries. Not at all. But I want to do my part, and I reckon this little bit is my part until I can do better. I actually asked for help with my property taxes back at the end of 20 or 21 that I was left with after my dad passed away, which I'm still trying to keep things afloat, and this surgery didn't help any. One day watching the show, a family member was also needing help, and you said, if you are the one needing help with property taxes, I have you on the top of the stack. I'm not sure who or what they need, they're needing help with, but I believe it was also serious, so I decided to let... So I decided to let them get help and they ne- that they needed instead. I'm still struggling. Where am I at here? I'm still struggling with that same three-digit month income, but God is my way maker. I would still like to share some, with it, some of it with LFA TV and the Slurp Fund. Uh, thanks again for working so hard for the awesome LFA family. Keep it up, and no matter what, always put God first and everything. God is still in control, and I tru- truly believe he is fixing to show up and show out. What a time to be alive. We will be able to watch God work miracles in this day and time that no man, woman, or child will be able to deny. Praise God. Thanks again to you and the LFA family Keep me, for keeping me covered in prayer. Also, I am praying for you. I love you more than you can ever imagine. Nan 77, Amy. She wanted me to read this on, on Rise Up. Now, I have another one to read here on Rise Up, and if we have time, we'll get to that as well. But do you see the impact that you guys have made on everybody? Do you see the impact that this network and this specific show has made on so many people? Folks, God is showing up and showing out right now. Everything that you are witnessing on this show, on this program, on this network, even bringing in all the other hosts, as much as we are all different, as much as we are all in a different portion and part of our lives of being close to God. Um, Isabel O'Reilly just became a Christian. Do you know how different I was in 2016 than I am in 2023? 
Do you know how different of a Christian I am in those seven years? Imagine what this network will do to help Isabella Riley become closer to God. Imagine what this network will do to bring Anna Perez closer to God, who's been a Christian for the last three or four years. Imagine what this show and this network will do for people like Kevin Smith and Sean Farish and all of the, God brought these people here for a reason. And I know they've got growing to do. Heck, I've got growing to do. But do you understand what this family means to all of us and what we mean to all of this family and what we all mean to God and what God means to us? Truly, folks, this time was meant for LFA. Live from America, Lord, faith, acceptance. Can use a lot of different words with that acronym, but I know we were all here and we were brought together. So let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Eli, can you grab me my stack of devotional books out there, please? I'd appreciate that. We were so, so... Busy and excited here lately that it's hard for me to keep up on everything. Thank you, Eli. You guys got to see Eli's hands. How about that? And there's our books, folks. That's what we go through every morning here on LFA. So let's get to that right now. Uh, As we read from One Minute Prayer for Dads. Discipline, ladies and gentlemen. Deuteronomy 8.5. Now, I want you to remember that today's show is titled, God's Light is Brighter Than the Sun. We are called to an unapproachable light. How is that? Let's get into this. Discipline. Deuteronomy 8.5 says, Know, know that in your heart, that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. The light that we're talking about, this unapproachable light that God calls you you towards, faith, discipline, belief, all of those are needed before God calls you to the light and before God gives you his light to shine on all of your darkness. Discipline is very important. You must discipline yourself to put food in your body every day, right? To live. Well, then you must discipline yourself to put the word of God in your body before the food. Bible before breakfast, folks. Put the word of God in your soul. Feed your soul before you feed your belly. Have that discipline. And I promise you that God will give you a flashlight that shines on the darkest times in your life. I promise you. Some dads don't like to discipline their kids, but it's a necessary part of being a father. It's also a necessary part of being a child of God. An undisciplined child will likely have problem, problems governing him or her self as an adult. Rightfully administered discipline and the most effective form differs from child to child. Helps a child avoid making bad decisions. Again, you want to equip your children with the ability to make good decisions. It all comes from discipline. Find out what form of discipline works best for each of your children, because each one is going to respond differently. And only discipline for disobedience, not childhood accidents, such as spilt milk. Don't cry over spilt milk. Never discipline out of anger. 
did we not deal with this last week? As we are becoming more and more in the light of God and God is working in our lives and we're, and we're administering, administering more discipline in our lives. Folks, parenting your children is one of the hardest things in the world to do. You must discipline yourself to discipline them adequately and appropriately. And last week, I was not a disciplined father while I was administering discipline out of anger. Loving discipline, Miss Mocha Power hit the nail on the head. And never discipline out of anger. What a great tool. What a great tool. God, I have felt the force of your discipline on me. It's never easy to take, but I know it's necessary. If I learn one thing from your discipline, I pray it will be how to pass along the fatherly talent of disciplining in love to my own children. I pray I will never discipline them in the heat of anger or for the wrong reasons or without hearing their side of the story because they do matter. I pray you, sh- you will show me the specific method of discipline that will work best for each of my children. Most of all, help my kids know that I love them at all times and that my discipline- disciplining of them is one measure of that love. It's just one measure of that love. Folks, it- if you don't have discipline in your own life, You are not going to be able to administer discipline on your children or administer proper discipline on your subordinates. Maybe you're a manager at work. Disciplining disciplining yourself to not use the Lord's name in vain. Discipline yourselves to not say things that are ungodly. And fellas, if you're watching, you know what I'm talking about. Women, you know what I'm talking about too. We all have an ungodly way of speaking around our friends or around different family members. What are forms of ungodly speech? Okay, let's talk about that, and then we'll get back to discipline. What are some forms of ungodly speech? Oh, that person is so retarded. That's ungodly speech, right? Do you think Jesus would say, oh, that person's acting so retarded? Now I get it. We've said it. I've said it in the past. I don't say it anymore. Other LFA TV hosts say it, but they need you. They need you to guide them in a godly manner as to not say stuff like that, right? Right? Oh, that person is so ugly. We do it all the time on LFA TV, right? We talk about Nancy Pelosi's stretch face. We talk about people being fat. It's funny, but it is ungodly. We must discipline ourselves to get away from that ungodly speech. All of us. I do it every day. It's a funny part of LFA. Does that mean it's right? No, not at all. When you make fun of the way somebody looks, you are literally spitting in the face of God because he made them. Now, making fun of somebody's weight is not as the same as making fun of somebody's look. Somebody can lose weight, right? So if you make somebody's weight, front of, front of somebody's weight, it's not as bad, but it's still bad, right? Because Jesus wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be like, hey, fatty, 
Why don't you uh, join me in eating a little bit more properly? You know what I mean? So he wouldn't do that. It's funny, but he wouldn't do that. And we must discipline ourselves. But so again, it's a little different than making fun of somebody's looks. Now, if I make fun of somebody's looks, oh, that person's cross-eyed or that person, look at that person. That person's got a a lazy eye or look at Greta Thunberg. Well, what you're really doing is you are making fun of something God created. He molded that. So did he screw up? Or are you being a little bit too judgmental or pompous? So when I say this stuff, it actually, because this is my time with the Lord that I'm sharing with you, I'm literally sitting here going, the Lord is convicting me right now. The Lord's literally convicting me right now. So when I go into LFA TV, when I go into Live from America at 11 o'clock today and I show a story of Nancy Pelosi or something and I go, oh, look at her vodka soaked teeth, blah, 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 all that stuff. It's not correct. I know it's not correct. So let's get back to discipline. You can discipline yourself out of that. You can still make a joke and still be funny without being ungodly or rude so somebody's talking in the comment section about sin what is sin sin is anything that you know you're not supposed to do not just the 10 10 commandments the 10 commandments are god's laws to life if you abide abide by those laws then the up the uh chances of you sinning are reduced dramatically but guess what you will never stop sinning ever Ever. You can only try to reduce how much you do by thinking like God. You must discipline yourselves. And without discipline or without the effort to be disciplined, you don't have a bright light. We have a new listener in the building, ladies and gentlemen, Bo Bam. Big shout out to a new listener, Bo Bam. We must be on the front page. So, again, today's show is titled, God's Light is Brighter Than the Sun. So, what you're going to hear at the end of the show, I'm actually going to leave a little bit more time at the end to go through the verse of the day, because today's verse of the day is extremely powerful, extremely powerful. And as a matter of fact, it's a piggyback on to what I was um, preached to uh, by my pastor this Sunday. Unapproachable light was the topic of our message this Sunday. I just took it to a whole nother level because the sun and the light of God are a very, 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 very good way to compare. Um, It's a very good comparison to bring out a point and using the sun as an analogy is extremely powerful to God's light is brighter than the sun. So we're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get to that. Please keep the rumbles coming. We have 1,150 people watching. Tremendous, tremendous, ladies and gentlemen. So it's funny that somebody, that we're talking about sin in the chat. Let's go to the chat right now. You can sin by not doing what God has asked you to do. Amen. Anything that you are doing that you know is wrong is a sin. Well, it's funny, ladies and gentlemen. Do you remember how I, well, of course you remember, I say it all the time, that God directs this show. He directs this show, and I do not read these books prior to sending out the morning newsletter or to, you know, obviously talking in the chat. And we're currently talking about sin. 
Right now, we're going to go to the Bible promise book for morning and evenings. I want you to read day 17 because that's what we're at, right? Day 17. Read right up there. It says sin. I don't know if you can read that, but it says sin. Isn't that amazing? It's pretty amazing. First Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins on his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Did anybody start the show out when we started out with the video, with the song, and what and, and the depiction of Jesus' sins that he took upon his body for all of you, for me? John 1.29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Does anybody know what sin is? This is going to be this is going to be amazing. And by the way, we are going to be opening up phone lines for not only Rise Up but also LFA TV in the next couple weeks. So, just so you know. Does anybody know what sin is? I'll give you an opportunity I know we're about a 20-second delay from when I speak to when you hear it and then you answer. So before I, I, I want to see how in tune this audience is, this family is. So let's pull up the rumble chat here. I want to see if anybody can answer me in the comment section as to what sin is. It tells us what it is in the Bible. Let's see here. We've got Tori Hutch in the building. We've got Tina Marie. All right, let's see if we can get to these. Uh, I want to see people answer me, so I'm going to wait and, and leave the rumble chat up for everybody watching on digital TV, Roku, Fire Stick. Sin is doing wrong, okay? Pretty much everything Halloween says, okay? Is any wrong in God's eyes? Ah, Linda. Linda's the closest one so far. What is sin? Anything that you know down deep is wrong. Sin is anything that distances you from God. Sin is a mark on the soul. Well, ladies and gentlemen, sin is everything that you know is wrong. Exactly right. And the wages of sin is death. God pays you in death. Just like a criminal earns 20 years in prison by raping and killing, you know, 10 women, he's earned that. The judge gives him what he earns. Death is wages. The reason why we die is we're getting paid wages. We're getting paid what we deserve for our sins. And it's not just breaking the commandments, Debbie. I mean, it is overall because if you live under the commandments, then, you know, you, the, the likelihood of you breaking them is, is, uh, or sinning is very uh, minimal. But sin is anything that you do that you know in your heart is wrong. And death is wages that you've earned from God for the sin that you commit. Jeremy, I prayed for the Lord to convict you, says Lacey. Well, thank you, and he did. The wages of sin is death, says it right here. 
A wise person avoids life-threatening situations at any cost. That is what we should do as Christians. We should do everything in our power to avoid sin. That means doing anything that you know and feel is not right. Which should be as scary to us as death itself. Lord God, I want my life to be pleasing to you. Guide me through the power of of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Folks, you don't need to be taught what is right and wrong. You know what is right and wrong inherently at birth. When you were conceived, when that magic happened for you to be conceived, your heart instantly had good and bad written on it. It's called a conscience. Con means with, science means knowledge. You were born with knowledge. So that is why ignorance is not innocence. You know the difference between right and wrong. Sin is anything that you know in your heart, your soul telling you, do not do this. Do not do this. That is why even non-believers know that they are sinning. They know they're doing wrong. They have a conscience. Whether they believe or do not believe in God, they have a conscience. They know the difference between right and wrong. They just don't want to be held accountable to it. The, re- the, the big reason why most people do not allow God to find them and they would rather stay lost is the same reason that a criminal does not want to be around a cop or law enforcement. They don't want to be held accountable. They would rather live in the darkness. They would rather live knowing that they're doing wrong and just say, that's it is what it is. You are literally, whether you believe in God or not, you are literally uh, under the, you have the understanding between right and wrong and you don't need a mom or a dad to teach you that. What you need from your mom and dad is to use what you know is right and wrong and to help guide you in making the best decisions. Your parents don't teach you what is right and wrong, spiritually or inherently. That comes to you. Now, obviously, there are right and wrong things in our society, but I'm talking about God's laws. The Ten Commandments, they're written on your heart. You inherently know not to commit adultery. You inherently know not to murder. You inherently know not to steal. You inherently know not to disrespect your parents. You inherently know not to fall um, or to fall to your knees and pray to a false God. You know these things. You also know that God exists. Un- I don't like calling people who don't follow God's laws unbelievers. They believe in God. That's why they don't want anything to do with Jesus because they very much believe in God. I hate calling them unbelievers. I'd rather call them a different name like um, disobedience or I guess we're all disobedient to a certain degree, but I don't like using the word unbeliever because they know there's no excuse for a human being. They know. They know that there's a God. They know the difference between right and wrong. I just don't like the word unbeliever. It's such a cop-out. It's such a cop-out. I don't know why we use that word. Karen Miller says, There are so many that love the darkness and hate the light. Yes, I did, Lacey. Thank you very much. 
Thank you very much. The talent God gave me is creating costumes. And yes, it does matter. Judgment is not your job. I don't know what Halloween means by that. I have to say again, God's law is moving so much right now. It's absolutely inspiring. Barb Naylor, you are right. God's law is convicting so many people publicly on national TV even. One year with the Gospels. One year with Jesus in the Gospels. We are on January 17th on one year with Jesus in the Gospels. Luke 2.37. And this is God's choice. But before we get to there, let's... Here we... I want to pull this up real quick. Unfollowers, I believe. Amen. My husband did not want to be held accountable for his sins. So he brought a book on how to get rid of God in your life, written by a former Catholic atheist. You're right, Jeremy, such a cop-out. It is, if you think about it, isn't it? Isn't it? It is a cop-out. Anything that displeases God is a sin. Amen. Amen. Best to avoid the seven deadly sins and to follow the Ten Commandments. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. But it is weird, isn't it, that, that people call themselves unbelievers. They, they are believers. Don't let them make you believe that they are unbelievers. The reason why they're so afraid to read the Bible is because they're afraid to be convicted. They're afraid to turn the spiritual mirror on their own souls. That's what they're afraid of. So many people will down the Bible, and, but yet never read it. So many people will, um, will disrespect the words of God, but yet not know any of it. Isn't that amazing? And they won't know any of it because they won't. I've studied all the realms. I've studied Odin and Asgard. I've studied Rama, this, that, and the other. I've studied Buddhism. I've studied Islam. I've studied all everything and all the beliefs. Really? Have you read the Bible? Well, no. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're not going to read the instructions, then don't complain to me when the project that you tried to put together has missing pieces and parts and doesn't work properly. So quick to judge, so quick to say I'm an unbeliever, but have never allowed themselves to be convicted. Isn't that amazing? Luke 2.37, and she a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Let's suppose that Anna was a 14, uh, 14 years old when she married, then would have been 98 years old at the writings of this passage. Yet she was still fasting and praying night and day. Satan tries to convince us that God won't use us. He may cite things like age, lack of abilities or failures that we've had. But just like Anna... There are many scriptures, scriptural examples of the Lord using those who would be considered unusable by worldly standards. Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. And you pick 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you change the world. But the moral of the story is, everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody. Exactly. God uses nobodies to the world, but everybody's to him. Amazing. Moses was 80 
before he began to fulfill God's plan for his life, and he worked until he was 120. Abraham was in his 90s before he had the son that God had promised him. Gideon was another one who looked unusable. He was hiding from the Midianites. When an angel of God appeared and told him that he was a mighty man of valor, he couldn't believe it at first and had to have the Lord confirm it three times. Truly, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak of the things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. If you feel foolish or weak, then you qualify. Let the Lord use you today. Everything that the world has taught you is wrong. I am going to blow your mind today. I am going to blow your mind today with the verse of the day. Do you want to know why? Because I had a revelation from God as I was typing out the verse of the day today. See, much like, uh, much like, uh, have you ever, anybody ever here ever seen The Office? You know when Michael goes to see uh, David Wallace in New York and David Wallace, he thinks he's in trouble and David Wallace says to him, why is your branch so good? How are you doing so amazing? And, he, and Michael's caught off guard and he says, well, David, you see, I live by a couple rules and one of them is that you don't ever, for any reason, no matter what, no matter what they think or who or why or what or when, any for any reason at any time and he just keeps going and then it cuts back to him and he says sometimes I just start a sentence and I don't know where I'm going and it just comes to me while I'm saying it ladies and gentlemen that happened to me this morning so I'm sitting there typing out the verse of the day today and I'm reading the by I'm reading the verses I'm reading the chapter in which the verse is in and I'm just into it and all of a sudden God hit me with something that I never realized and I doubt most of you or any of you have ever realized either. And I'm going to hit you with this right now. I'm not even going to go to the other books this morning. This is too important. Do you realize we're talking about the things of the world and the things of God and how everything that the world has ever taught you is wrong about success, about uh, failure, about, about love and acceptance, about the things that you should do, about who's really in charge, about how you are not in control, but other God is this, that, and the other. And it hit me. Check this out, folks. This is going to blow your mind. Ready? Everything that God offers to you, money can't buy. And everything that the world offers you, money can buy. Check this out. Joy. You cannot buy joy. It's priceless. And the only place you can get joy is God. Think about that. Peace. Peace is priceless. You cannot buy peace just like you cannot buy joy. Those are things that God gives you. Isn't that incredible? Okay. I have more. Hold on. Peace, joy, salvation. Salvation you can't buy. You can't bribe God. There's no amount of money that you can have that can buy you salvation. Truly remarkable, folks. So we have joy, peace, salvation. What about grace? You can't buy grace. You can't buy mercy. You can't buy everlasting life. All the things God offers you, money can't buy. 
but God gives it to you for free. But all the things that you can buy are temporary and are of this world. Nothing that God gives you is for sale. Nothing that God gives you for free has a price on it. But yet everything that you get in this world, you have to buy. What is that world? What is that saying? Nothing in the world is free. That's true. Nothing of this world is free. But everything outside of this world spiritually is absolutely free. And there's no price on it. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. So, having said that, and now having that knowledge, who is more rich, you or Elon Musk? Who is more rich, me or Bill Gates? Who has more wealth, you or the royal family? You. You are far more rich than all the money in this world put together combined could possibly total to. Because you have things that they can't buy. And they spend their lives accruing more and more money to try to buy what you already have for free. Mind was blown when I realized that today. That you can't buy anything that God gives you. You can only get it for free. (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's put up the chat. Have a blessed. uh, Thank you, God's grace, peace, joy, love, and mercy all part. Yes, so much of this world sucks the souls out of people. You can't take the gifts of the world with you. Mind blown. Yes. Um, Exactly. Exactly. So incredible. That is amazing. Sure wouldn't want to trade with their lives. No, neither would I. Neither would I. I wouldn't want anything that their money can buy. Nothing. None of it. I'll trade it all for what I get from God for free. Kitten says, we are richer than any person who has not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. That's wonderful. Too bad those people don't even see that. Thank you, Jesus, for joy, grace, peace, and love. Love when God gives us truth like that. I know. And it's such a simple truth. How did I never catch that? How did I never know that? You know what I mean? It's not that I never knew it. It's just that I didn't ever put it together. I was like, wait a minute. I'm sitting there thinking about all the stuff that God offers you through the light of God, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. You can't buy these. These things are priceless. And I was like, wait, they really are priceless. You can't buy them. You can't buy joy. You can't buy peace. You can't buy uh, mercy. You can't buy grace. You can't buy everlasting life. You can't buy any of those things for any amount of money. But yet I have them all. So, I mean, come on with it. Woo! Uh, just, uh, it was, you guys have probably realized that, but it, uh, I, it really hit me today. It really hit me today. So somebody's saying that it sounds like God's is convicting your heart and you want to resist. I'm not sure what that means. I didn't catch it, but that's why I love the Rumble chat. Let's go to Every Day with Jesus. We've got time, I think, to get to this and then read the verse of the day. Here we go. Sharing your faith. John 141. Sharing your faith. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith un- unto him, We have found the Messiah's which is being interpreted the Christ. 
Andrew was the first disciple of Jesus to share his faith and bring another to Christ. Look who it was that he brought, Peter, who became one of the greatest apostles of Jesus. He preached on the day of Pentecost and saw 3,000 people born again. He healed a lame man at the gate of the temple, and 5,000 were born again as a result. He raised Dorcas from the dead, introduced Christianity to the Gentiles, and wrote two books of the Bible that have ministered to millions of people through the centuries. Just think how many millions of people Peter touched and how Andrew was responsible for all of it. The accomplishments of Peter recorded in Scripture far outnumber those of Andrew. Yet without Andrew, Peter would have not known Jesus. In the eyes of God, what Andrew did was just as important as what Peter did. As one who introduced Peter to Jesus, Andrew had a part in all Peter's exploits. Therefore, on the day we receive our rewards from the Lord, Andrew will share every reward Peter receives as well. You may not ever shake your world as Peter did his, but God has called you to share your faith with others as Andrew did. Who knows? One person you lead to Jesus could be another Peter. Do you understand why it's so important to share these videos? I know a lot of you don't. I know there's many of you who don't like and share because you just don't want to. But do you know how important it is to do it? What if you shared this one day and you never shared before and you said, you know what, I'm going to take his advice today, I'm going to share it. And then all of a sudden, somebody that you that follows you saw it and they just decided, I'm going to go watch this. And they come and watch this. And they watch the whole show and it doesn't really resonate with them, but they catch one thing. They catch one thing that God reveals to them. Like I did when I was typing the morning newsletter today. And boom, they're saved. And you were responsible for that. See what I mean? See how important it is? You think that I look at my views every day and go, oh, they need to share so I can get more views. To an extent, yes, but I don't think of it like that. I go, oh, they need to share so we can save more souls. Some people look at things differently. All right, let's get to the verse of the day today, folks, and then we'll wrap up as we've got Sean Farish and Ungoverned coming up next. God's light is brighter than the sun. Let's talk about it, folks. Happy Tuesday. May the God of all creation bless you abundantly as we continue this spiritual battle that we are on until the return of Jesus. I really want to commend you for your strong desire to want to learn more about and to be closer to God. That and that alone is the most important thing you could ever desire in your life. Peace is what all humans seek inherently. And there is so much peace that God offers that it, li- that it can literally touch every part of your life. From home life and struggles to your daily commute to work. And even your day at work with your colleagues, peace is something that you cannot put a price on, which means that not even money can buy peace, which is our theme of this year. Did you ever notice that money can't buy any of what God offers for free? Peace, salvation, grace, mercy, everlasting life, etc. What God offers cannot be bought. And fortunately for us, it's exactly what we seek. Verse of the day, John 3, 19 through 21. And I highly suggest that you go and that you read this book, this chapter in its entirety. But John 3, 
19 through 21. Who alone... Or is it 16? Excuse me, I think I've got this wrong. I got this wrong, folks. It is not John. It's actually from Timothy. My fault. I don't know why I titled it that, but we're going to have that big correction. I I thought that was wrong when I looked at it. I said, wait a minute, that's not right. Actually, folks, we're going to be reading from Timothy. Sorry about that. Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 16. 1 Timothy 6, 16. Boy, I'm glad I caught that. 1 Timothy 6.16. Again, I apologize for the wrong verse in the, in the uh, newsletter. Who alone has immortality? Who dwells in unapproachable light? Whom no one has ever seen or can see? To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And we're going to continue to touch on that unapproachable light aspect. To him who dwells in unapproachable light. We're going to continue on with that at 11 o'clock here on LFA TV live from America. Folks, thank you very much for joining in today. Uh, Remember, Sean Farish and Ungoverned is coming up next, a show that you don't want to miss. As a matter of fact, you don't want to miss all the shows here on LFA TV because every one of them hold weight in their own way. And God is using every one of them in different ways. As always, I will leave you with the same way I brought you in, with playing a little bit of Jesus Messiah and showing you why we are here every day. Again, Sean Farish, Ungoverned, coming up next. God bless each and every one of you. There are right right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, keep your head up high. You are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Have a great morning. I'll see you at 11. God bless. Peace out.